shine, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine in my neighbor's home, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, in my neighbor's home, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine. In my neighbor's home, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine, Jesus gave it to me, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine, oh, Jesus gave it to me. I'm gonna let it shine, Jesus gave it to me, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Till Jesus comes, Lord, I'm gonna let it shine, oh, till Jesus comes, Lord, I'm gonna let it shine, till Jesus comes, Lord, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine on my everyday job, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine, oh, on my everyday job, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine on my everyday job, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Jesus gave it to me. I'm gonna let it shine, oh, Jesus gave it to me, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine. Jesus gave it to me, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. You're yeah, true, my Lord. I'm gonna let it shine. Oh, yeah, true. Jesus. 
give it to me, Lord. I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I just ask that you would speak to us through your word, that you would make your word real to us. And Father, that you make it applicable to our lives. Lord, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that gives us, Lord God, the, the unction and the power to obey your word. And we ask that you would keep us walking in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Let me turn one of those air back on. look at a little bit of what I want to finish up with in Genesis chapter 17 and then we'll go over to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 17 and then we'll go over to Genesis chapter 18. Amen. I'm going to try to make a little pick up a little time tonight and uh, make a little headway. Amen. Amen. Thankful for y'all that did come out tonight. It is important, uh, not only because of the word of God, but in order to build, you have to build on consistency. And you have to be there to get the word. And we have to keep moving, amen? You can't build if you're hitting and missing. But you have to be consistent in coming to class. Amen. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 17, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am El Shaddai. Now, in, in the King James Version, it said the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. Uh, I'm sorry. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. That's what it says in the King James Version. But in the Jewish, complete Jewish study Bible, it gives, makes it a little bit plainer and it brings it out a little bit better in the interpretation of the Hebrew. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am El Shaddai, which means I am God Almighty. Walk in my ways and be blameless. Now, the Holy Spirit just brought that to me the last, at the end of the last class when I was at home. And the only way really to be blameless is to walk in God's ways because we can't walk in our ways or in our interpretation of what we call blameless or what we call righteous. But in our ways, we'll never attain to what God is looking for. So God says to Abram, walk in my ways. Only when we walk in his ways are we blameless before him. Y'all got what I'm talking about? And the Bible says that uh, that uh, his ways are what higher than our ways. Let me let me look at that right fast in uh, Isaiah chapter fifty-five, verse seven. 
Isaiah 55, verse 7. What do you say? Isaiah 55, chapter 55, verse 7, beginning with verse 7. Let me get over there. Isaiah 55. You can read it from your version, uh, and then I'll read it from mine. All right, go ahead. Oh, so my thoughts, my thoughts are not uh, your thoughts. Neither are you, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain coming down and the smoke from heaven, and returning not thither, but watereth the earth, and making it bring forth and blood, that it may give seed to the soil, and bread bread to the ear. So shall my words be that go forth out of my mouth, and shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I set it. For ye shall go out with joy, and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Amen. Verse 7 in the complete Jewish study Bible says, let the wicked give up his ways, the sinful man, his plans. Let him turn back to the Lord and he will pardon him to our God, for he freely forgives. For my plans are not your plans, nor are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. But as the heavens are high above the earth, so are my ways high above your ways and my plans above your plans. For as the rain or snow drops from heaven and returns not thither, but soaks the earth and makes it bring forth vegetation, yielding seed for sowing and bread for eating. So is the word that issues from my mouth. It does not come back to me unfulfilled, but performs what I purpose achieves what I sent it to do. Yea, you shall leave in joy and be led home secure before you. Uh, mount and hill shall shout aloud, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the briar, a cypress shall rise. Instead of the, the nettle, a myrtle shall rise. These shall stand as a testimony to the Lord as an everlasting sign that shall not perish. So when God is talking about his ways, he's talking about his thoughts in the Hebrew, it means that he's talking about his design, the way he has things designed, the way he has it set up, his plans, his purposes, his scheme uh, is, is higher than ours. And one thing that you'll notice about Abram 
when he was Abram and Abraham even, is that God never asked Abram which way he wanted to go. God always led Abram and he led him by faith. In other words, God does not cater to us. God is not here to serve us, but we are here to serve him. Whatever, whatever it is that he wants us to do. But sometimes people treat God that way like he's supposed to just do what we want to do because we say in the name of Jesus. Just because we put the name of Jesus on the internet doesn't mean that that's what God's will is. And then when it doesn't work out the way we want it to work out, then we're disappointed and mad at God. But, it, but underneath, we're trying to get God, we're trying to manipulate God to do what we want him to do instead of following his plan. Abram was a man that followed the plan of God. When you talk about his ways, in the Hebrew, it means his way, his road, his journey, or his manner. God has a way of doing things, but it also means to bend as an archer bends a bow, or to lead or to string. And so what does it mean? While I'm shooting at one thing in my life, God may be shooting at something else. So I need to find out what his plan is for my life. Also, So he says, walk in my ways. Abram was a man that was obedient to God. Now turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, or you can just write it down. 2 Peter. It's right after Hebrews, after 1 Peter, 2 Peter 3, 8. We all know this scripture, but do we really know it? We quote it been quoted many times. Second Peter 3 verse 8. Peter says, but beloved, be not ignorant or don't be unlearned or don't be uninformed uh, of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. What does that mean? Anybody want to volunteer? Huh? Nobody want to volunteer. What he said, don't be ignorant of this one thing that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. How can a thousand years be as one day, and one day is a thousand years? One day is a, a twenty-four hour period, right? So how can it be the same? Because time has no bearing on God. It doesn't matter whether it's a thousand years. It doesn't matter whether it's one day. If His plan is His plan, is going to come to pass. And it really doesn't have any bearing. God doesn't say, oh, well, look, I only have this much time to get this done. The Bible said that Abraham was, or Abram was 99 years old. Isn't that what it said? 99 years old. But yet God came to Abram and said, you and Sarah are going to have a child, right? Abram 99, how old was Sarah? All right, she was old. So he came to them at the point when things were past. Huh? In our world, time has an effect on everything in this world. Isn't that right? My pastor used to say, God is not, God made time for man, not man for time. God made time and put man in time, so we have to act on time, is what you used to always say. So time has no bearing. At the point, when it looks like it's gone too far to even happen, God will make it happen because time has no bearing on him. The physiology or the biology of a person has no bearing on, on God's plan. Sarah, at this point, should not have been able to have a child. 
Isn't that right? She should not have been able to have a child at this point. The Bible said that she was past the point of bearing children. But yet God comes along with this proposition and says, oh, well, Sarah's going to have, you and Sarah are going to have a child. And Abram kind of laughed to himself because he said, how is this possible? The same thing that we would do, right? In certain situations when we know, logically speaking, that this thing is not going to happen because or there are certain laws that's going into place, such as time, my body has gotten old, I'm passing the point of, of, of making children, but yet God comes along and says, this is going to happen. Because a thousand years is that one day, and one day is a thousand years. Time has no bearing on God. Our, bio, our biological position does not have any bearing on God, right? All right. <clears throat> he says that when Lazarus was sick, the disciples came to Jesus and told Jesus that his disciple, that Lazarus was sick. He was at the point of death, right? What did Jesus do? Did he hear up and say, oh, I got to get ready, got to get over there by Lazarus so I can help him out? What did he do? John eleven six 6 says that he stayed where he was two more days. God likes to let things get past the point of, of, of happening. Huh? Why does he do that? So that he can get all the glory for it and so that we can get our mind right and our focus right and realize that God is in control of everything. No matter how it looks, no matter how it sounds, no matter none of that, God is still in control. He says in John eleven fifteen concerning Lazarus, we're going back to Abraham, but I'm just making a point. You have to take scripture and compare scripture. You have to take scripture and cross-reference scripture with scripture in order to expand upon what scripture is saying. Okay, so that's why we're over there in John. John uh, eleven fifteen, he says, I'm glad. Jesus said, I'm glad that I wasn't here. Because if I was here, you'd say, well, man, he, is. he raised him from the dead. He healed him and all that kind of stuff. But he said, I'm going to leave him in the grave until, he, until he's dead, dead. Until you can't say that. Oh, no, you came along just in time to say no. It was past. He was dead. He had stopped breathing. They had declared him dead. D-O-A, huh? dead on arrival. He was dead. But yet Jesus stayed right where he was. Some of us, sometimes we, we get all in the frenzy. Oh, Lord, I need you to come right now. I need you to do this right now. I need you to do it right now. God said, hold up. I'm leaving right where it's at. I'm leaving right where it's at because I'm not shaken by the things that you're shaken by. Huh? I'm not disturbed by the things that you're disturbed by. <laughs> John eleven thirty nine. Martha said, by now he's stinking. Jesus said, I'll tell you what you do. Take that stone and roll it away. Huh? She said, by now, he's thinking, I operate outside of all the natural laws that this world is subject to. That's what I'm trying to tell you. God operates outside of all the laws that this world is subject to. We're subject to those things, but he is not. Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Paul said he can do exceedingly, abundantly, Above all that you can ask or that you can think. You can't even think that far. And he still can do it. As far as your mind can think, he still can make it happen. Outside of what you can even imagine. Outside of what you can even think. You mean to tell me God going to take, like what the, what the uh, Hebrew Bible said, Sarah said, as old as I am? <laughs> He's not subject to those laws. The Bible also says that the Lord appeared 
unto Abram when he was 99. God showed himself in the midst of his situation. And what did he say in verse 1 of chapter 17? He said, I am El Shaddai. You need to know who God is. Huh? Why did God say, I'm El Shaddai, God Almighty? Because in that situation that he was in, in that thing that God was going to do in his life, he needed to realize that God was Almighty. God doesn't have to change your situation. He doesn't have to change his plans. God gets into the situation, and then he becomes what that situation needs. Did you hear what I said? He gets into that situation. Oh, you got a loved one that's dying on, on, on a deathbed and all that kind of stuff. Well, he's adopted in the sick room, so he becomes adopted in that situation. You got somebody whose mind is look like they're just about to lose their mind. But yet he's a, he's a heart fixer and he's a mind regulator. He become whatever you need. That's why he told Abraham, go and tell Pharaoh, go and tell the children of Israel, I am that I am. You can't put no box on me. You can't put no label on me. Whatever I need to be when I need to be it, that's what I am. Amen. Huh? Oh, you you and you are uh, having a fertility problem. You can't have a can't have a child. Well, guess what? God will cause that 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 womb to be fertile. Because why? Because He's in control of the womb. He'll be whatever you need Him to be. God is always putting Himself into man's situation. God is always the initiator. He came to Abram. Abram didn't come to him. He came to Abram. He picked Abram. Abram didn't pick him. Huh? And he didn't pick Abram because Abram was so special. He picked Abram because Abram had something that he was looking for, an obedience. The Bible said that Abram did everything the Lord asked him to do. Last week, or the week before that, whatever it was that we talked about circumcision, it said that God told Abraham to circumcise everybody in his house, right? And what did Abraham do? He didn't, he didn't argue with God. He didn't go back and forth. He went and did what God asked him to do. That's the kind of people that God is looking for. He's looking for those that won't argue with him, go back and forth with him. Whatever I ask you to do, just get up and do it. That's what Jesus' mother said, huh? Whatever he tell you to do, do it. That's what God is looking for, obedience. Obedience. All right, so let's head on. All right. Chapter 18. Give you a minute to get over there. Chapter 18. The Lord appeared to him by the terebinth of Mamre. He was sitting at the entrance, talking about Abram, chapter, Genesis chapter 18, of the tent as the day grew hot. Looking up, he saw three men standing near him. As soon as he saw them, he ran from the entrance of the tent to greet them, and bowing to the ground, he said, my lords, if it please you, do not go on past your servant. Let a little water be brought. Bathe your feet and recline unto the tree or under the tree. And let me fetch a morsel of bread that you may refresh yourselves. Then go on seeing that you have come your servant's way. They replied, do as you have said. Verse six. Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, quick, three seers of choice flour, knead and make cakes. Then Abraham ran to the herd, took a calf, tender and choice, and gave it to a servant boy who hastened to prepare it. He took curds and milk 
and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. And he waited on them under the tree as they ate. They said to him, where is your wife, Sarah? At this time, her name was changed to Sarah. Actually, in chapter 17, his name was changed from, from Abram to Abraham. Her name was changed from Sarai to Sarah. Why is that? Because what God does in our life, the areas that he brings us into in our lives, name in the Hebrew denotes character. And so God has to change us along with the place that he's bringing us to. He can't bring us into some places the way we are right now because dispositionally we are not ready for those places. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Yes, what did he say to Peter? Your name is, is uh, what? I'm Simon, but I, but I call you Peter. Isn't that right? He not only changes our position, but he changes our disposition so that we can be right for where he's bringing us to. And he replied, there in the uh, there in the tent. Then one said, I will return to you next what next year and your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. Sarah had stopped having the periods of women and Sarah laughed to herself saying, now that I am withered, am I to have enjoyment with my husband so old? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? I know it's been said before and it's been probably been said a lot. But when God is leading us into certain areas, the first thing we try to do is look at it logically. But he's already said that my ways are higher in your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So in our natural mind, guess what? We will never get it. Did you hear what I said? We'll never get it. Not in our natural mind, but only as the spirit of God reveals it to us. Whatever his plan is, only as he reveals it to us. Because he said, my ways are higher than your ways. He also said in his word that my ways are past finding out. That means that it's past figuring out. What does that mean? That means we just have to trust him. So Sarah laughed. Abraham laughed just like we would. They were real people, weren't they? Saying, shall, shall I in truth bear a child old as I am? In other words, she said, come on now, Lord. Come on, you serious? Amen. Is anything too wondrous for the Lord? I will return to you at the same season next year. How many know that God's word will catch up with itself? Yes, it will. <laughs> huh? God speak it out into eternity, but yet it's going to catch up with itself. He said, I'm going, my, I'm going to perform my word. I spoke it. He said, just like the rain come down from, didn't we just read that? Just like the rain come down from heaven and the snow to water the earth, it's going to bring forth. But it might not bring forth when we want it to bring forth, but it's going to bring forth. And Sarah shall have a son. Sarah lied. It's a lying family, ain't it? <laughs> Abram told Pharaoh, that's my sister. Huh? Sarah said, I didn't laugh. So they say, Sarah lied. I did not laugh, for she was frightened. <laughs> Fear make us act all kind of way, won't it? Oh, yeah. But he replied, you did laugh. I know you laughed. The men set out from there and looked down to where? Towards Sodom. Abraham walking with them to see them off. So he was hospitable to these men. The Bible said that we are 
to watch how we entertain strangers because some have entertained angels unaware. Now, the Lord said, had said, shall I hide from Abraham? The word there in the Hebrew means shall I cover it up? Huh? In the Hebrew, that's what it means. Why do I say that? Because the Bible was written in Hebrew originally. Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Shall I cover it up? What I'm about to do. Since Abraham is to become a great and populous nation, and all the nations of the earth are to bless themselves by him. For I have singled him out. What does the word say? I have singled him out. Uh, when you're chosen, you're chosen. When you're called, you're called. No matter who like it, no matter who don't like it, no matter who with you, no matter who not with you, no matter who talk about you, no matter who don't want to be your friend or who don't want to be under what God is doing in your life or whatever. When you're chosen, you're chosen. That's just it. He said, I have singled him out that he may instruct his children and his posterity. To keep the way of the Lord by doing what is just and right in order that the Lord may bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said the outrage of Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grave. I will go down to see whether they have acted altogether According to the outcry that has reached me, if not, I will take note. Huh? He said, I'm going to go down and see if they've done just what, what's coming up to me, what I'm hearing in my ears. And if not, then I will take note. You see, God gives everybody a chance. Amen. No matter how bad the rascal is, God will still give everybody a chance. And when he looks at the situation and he sees that the situation is what it is, then he has no other choice except to judge it, no matter who they are. Amen. But God doesn't judge anybody unfairly or unjustly. Yes, the Bible said that God is a righteous judge. And God, some people say, well, if God is so much love, why didn't he let this, this happen in this city? Uh, why didn't he let this happen to this family? Why didn't he let this happen to that child? God is not unjust. He's not unjust. People bring the judgment of, of God upon themselves. That's right. let, me, let, let me read you something. I wasn't going to go there. Y'all don't mind, do you? Amen. Romans chapter 1. Amen. There is a point. There is a point. Huh? Oh, yeah. There's always consequences. Verse 8 of Romans chapter 1. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests if by any means now at length I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. Verse 11. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end ye may be established. That is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual bond of faith or by the mutual faith bond of you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant brethren that oft times I purposed to come unto you but was left hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also even as among other Gentiles. 
I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Paul says in verse 16 of Romans chapter 1, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now listen at this. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all what? Ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. They know better, but they're still doing wrong. Still doing what they want to do. Now they might not even have a Bible, but guess what? God has put something within us. He put himself within us. He put a conscience within us that tells us, now you know you're wrong. You know you're wrong. But yet they persist to do what they want to do. Because that which may be known of God is what? Manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are what? Without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and to four-footed beasts, and creeping things, wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature or mankind, worshiping mankind more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. Men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind where they couldn't feel anything, where it just didn't matter no more. If it was across the line, then it just was across the line. To do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, Implacable, unmerciful, who, not, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do it. That sounds like a messed up situation. And it all started because they, they didn't want to accept God for the way he is. They changed God they, in their own mind. They didn't change, they didn't change him, but in their mind. They changed God. They, 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 they diminished God. 
and they replaced God with something else that was not God. But God said that the, 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 the wrath of God comes on the earth because I've, I've given you weakness. I've shown you. I've shown, I've shown you me. But yet man decides to, to do his own thing. Sodom and Gomorrah. Look with me in Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. Now God had to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. Now Sodom and Gomorrah, though they had the natural revelation of God, he said he, he, he can be known by the things that are created. Not that God is a tree, not that God is a rock, but there's, that bears witness that there is a creator. You got what I'm saying? But Sodom didn't have a Bible, right? Sodom didn't have the gospel on TV. Sodom didn't have the gospel on radio. Huh? But we do. Amen. But yet we do something worse than them. So what you think going to happen to us? What you think, not us, but what do you think going to happen to this world? Because God knows how to deliver the righteous out of it. But let me tell you something. God is going to judge the world. God is going to judge America. God is going to judge every nation that turns its back on him. God is going to judge. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you something. They had a lot of sunny days before that fire and brimstone came down on Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, it's a nice day. Let's go and do some more. But there was a day that was already set that God was going to judge. Huh? But yet he sent that judgment in a time when he said that he was going to send it. Ezekiel chapter 37. See, make sure I'm in a. Hold on, I say 37. Oh, that's not the one I want. Let me see. All right. I'm sorry. Ezekiel chapter 16. That 37 was for something else. We already passed that point. Ezekiel chapter 16. How many of you know what the, what the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was? Huh? Nobody don't know what they were doing in Sodom and Gomorrah? You ever heard the word sodomite? Oh, yeah. Huh? Yes. What were they doing? Homosexuality? Huh? Homosexuality, lesbianism, all that stuff, huh? That was the manifestation or that was the culmination of it. But that really was not where it all began. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 48 says, As I live, saith the Lord God, Sodom thy sister hath not done, she nor daughters as thou hast done. I'm talking to his own people now. Thou and thy daughters. Verse 49 says this. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Number one, pride. That was, one, that was the first thing, right? Pride. See, sometimes when people look at stuff and they say, oh, it's not that bad. It's just a little prideful, you know. That's what Sodom started in. Pride. What is pride? Lifting ourselves up. God said, I'll lift you up if you need to be lifted up. When I want you to be lifted up, I'll lift you up. Don't lift yourself up. That was the devil's mistake in the beginning. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to exalt himself, exalt his throne above the stars of God. Everything begins somewhere. Sodom did not just get the way they were just overnight. 
There was a progression, and it started somewhere. So he said that the, the sin or, uh, of Sodom or the iniquity of Sodom was pride, fullness of bread. Huh? They had too much. They had enough to eat, sit down and eat a three-course meal and then throw some of it away. Who that sound like? Huh? Uh-huh. An abundance of idleness. You hear what he say? Abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Who that sound like? <laughs> huh? Sound like America, doesn't it? It says in verse 50, and they were haughty. Who that sound like? And committed abomination before me, before the Lord. Therefore, I took them away as I saw good. Wow. Huh? Wow. <laughs> Got to put some things in check, huh? Yes. But the things that need to be put in check, America's not really putting it in check. No. They're trying to change, change God for themselves. Go ahead, sister. The, the 50 in this book says, they were proud and stubborn and did the things that I hate, so I destroyed them, as you well know. Mm. There it is. They did the things that God hate. Now, some people may think that, oh, but it, this is not that bad. But it's not that bad if you measure it by somebody else's rule or ruler or measurement. See what I'm saying? If society says this isn't that bad, doesn't mean that God doesn't say that it's iniquity. You see what I'm saying? Because we go by the standards of men, of man, of what is acceptable in our society. But what is acceptable in our society may not be accepted with God. Huh? Amen. But yet America has done everything they can to get to push God away. Wow. Took him prayer out of school. Yep. Huh? Yep. Taking the Bible out of school. Amen. This young man that played for the Saints had his had his headband on and it said man of God. Now all of a sudden y'all want the man to pay a fine because he got a headband on that says man of God. Yes. Huh? What's wrong with that? It's like as long as you could you could cuss. You can tell dirty jokes. You you can you you can do all kind of things and cross all kind of lines. But it, but the the second you talk about God, now everybody's upset at work. Oh, they talking about Jesus around here. Don't they ain't supposed to be talking about that on the job. He's gonna be cussing on the job either. Huh? Not gonna be telling no dirty jokes on the job either. Huh? It started somewhere. It started with one thing that was left unchecked. They said they were prideful. Did he say that? They didn't strengthen the hand of the needy. They didn't fall in line in nothing. And that thing just went on. And before you know it, boy, you got to do a whole mess. Because what does the Bible say? The Bible says the little foxes spoil the vine. Little foxes. It's not those big old great uh, uh, obvious things. It's those little bitty things. Little seeds. Huh? And Sodom found themselves in a whole mess. It says in verse 22, the men went out back in uh, chapter 18 of Genesis. The men went out, went on from there to Sodom while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Verse 23, Abraham came forward and said, will you sweep away the innocent along with the guilty? He's talking to God. Will you sweep away the innocent along with the guilty? Then he says in verse 24, what if there should be 50 innocent? 
within the city, will you then wipe out the place? In the Hebrew, it means scrape them away and not forgive it for the sake of the innocent 50 who are in it. Verse 25 says, far be it from you to do such a thing, to bring death upon the innocent as well as the guilty, so that the innocent and guilty fare alike, or that the innocent and the guilty are treated alike. Far be it from you, shall not the judge of all the earth deal justly? And the Lord answered, if I find within the city of Sodom 50 innocent ones, 50, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Bible said we're the fruit of the, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. How many of us are praying for our city? How many of us are, are, are praying for the people in our city and knowing that judgment is coming? We, we don't preach enough about that in the church today about the judgment of God. But judgment is coming. But God knows how to deliver the, the righteous. He knows how to deliver the godly out of that judgment. As long as they're covered in the blood. When that, when that death angel came over in Egypt, what did he say? Y'all better put the blood on your door. Because if you don't have the blood, you're going to get swept away too. But as long as you're under the blood, you're all right. Verse 27, Abraham spoke up saying, here I venture to speak to my Lord. Now some people say, you're not supposed to question God and all that kind of thing. I who am but dust, Abraham realized who he was, and ashes. What if the 50 innocent should lack five? Will you destroy the whole city for want of the five? And he answered, I will not destroy if I find 45 there. But he spoke to him again and said, what if 40 should be, should be found there? And he answered, I will not do it for the sake of the 40. And he said, let not my Lord be angry. Abraham pushing the line, huh? But Abraham must have knew something. <laughs> And he said, I better keep on counting. <laughs> if I go on, what if 30 should be found there? And he answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. And he said, I venture again to speak to my Lord. What if 20 should be found there? And he answered, I will not destroy for the sake of the 20. And he said, let not my Lord be angry if I speak but this last time. What if 10 should be found there? And he answered, I will not destroy for the sake of the 10. When the Lord had finished speaking to Abraham, he departed and Abraham returned to his place. Huh? If you find 10. Couldn't even find 10 righteous there. That's sad. That's sad. That means from the oldest, to the youngest, were corrupt. Well, we're doing things that were corrupt, were defiled, huh? Whereas you should have been able to go to an older person and get some godly wisdom, they couldn't even get any wisdom from them, huh? That means that whatever uh, uh, civil situation that they had set up, whatever type of court system that they had set up, you wasn't gonna get a fair trial anyway. Because the judge was corrupt, the DA was corrupt, huh? The jury was corrupt. Everybody was corrupt. Lord have mercy. So God, God didn't have any choice. Man left him no choice except to do what he did, and that's to wipe them all out, huh? 
There were only Lot. Let's go down to chapter 19. Try to make some get a little speed here. The two angels arrived in Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Now let me say this right quick. When, when, when Abraham and Lot separated, Abraham same way he was. Abraham was led by God. He said, look, whatever you want to do, if you go to the left, I'm going to go to the right. If you go to the right, I'm going to go to the left. And it said that Lot looked with his eyes and saw how juicy the land looked. He saw how good the land looked. Huh? He was governed by what? He was governed by his flesh. He was governed by his appetite. And our appetites will always get us in the wrong place. <laughs> but the Bible says that when, when Lot had separated from Abraham or from Abram at that time, God said, now lift up your eyes and look from where you are. The whole land is laying before you. And everywhere you put your foot, I'm going to give it to you. Now, the Bible says that Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. It didn't say he was in Sodom. It said that he pitched his tent towards it. Did you, do you get the picture? Huh? Yeah. Some of us put ourselves in the place, in the physical position for the devil to do what he want to do. Uh -huh. Huh? We put ourselves there. Lot, Lot put himself right there. Oh, yeah. But yet now, his tent is not only facing Sodom, but now he's in He's in Sodom. Huh? I think Not, you said that Sunday. You said things don't just happen like that. No, it's a progression. It's a progression. Letting this little thing slip and, 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 and compromising with this little thing. And comp Let me tell you, I've been there. That's why I can, I can teach it, I can preach it, I can tell you, I can counsel it, or whatever. Letting things go. That's why we can't even let the littlest things go because it's not little. Little things become big things. Yeah. If you let it go. If you take a little seed and put it in the ground, that seed gonna start in one little sprout, huh? Let's just say you plant an oak tree, huh? Plant an acorn in the ground, and it start on one little sprout. Before you know it, now it grew into a big old tree. Roots are spread everywhere, and let me tell you, there's some roots that go down way, 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 way deep. There's some people that's involved in some behavior that they can't quit because the root has gone down so deep. The root has gone down too deep. While, while Lot was playing with this thing, he, he, was, he was compromising. Lot was compromising. Now he's sitting in the gate of Sodom. What does that mean when he says he's sitting in the gate? It's, he was a ruler. Now he's a part of the system. Don't we understand that we can't play with the world because before we know we'll be in the world? Huh? Now, 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 he's, now he's governing amongst the affairs. How are you going to govern this situation, Lot, when everybody is unrighteous? That means you have to do some compromising. Huh? If you're going to hang with the world, now you have to do some compromising. Now you got to let down your standards a little bit. Now you have to lower your standards a little bit in order to fit in with the system. You're going to see it after a while. Some of y'all already know this story. Or this Bible account I like to call it, not stories, because stories have a bad connotation of being untrue. But this is true. This is a Bible account. The two angels arrived in Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting 
in the gate of Sodom, when Lot saw them, he rose to greet them and bowing low with his face to the ground, he said, please, my Lord, turn aside to your servant's house to spend the night and bathe your feet. Then you may be on your way early. But they said, no, we will spend the night in the square. Lot said, oh, no. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Y'all come in my house. Y'all don't want to spend the night in that square. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you, y'all don't want to be out there. And I don't want y'all out there because I already know what's going to happen to y'all. But he urged them strongly. So they turned his way and entered his house. He prepared a feast for them and baked unleavened bread and they ate. Then they had uh, not yet lain down when the townspeople, the men of Sodom, young and old. There was no standard amongst none of them. No standard of righteousness. No standard of right and wrong. No standard of morality. Nowhere to be found in anybody in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Young and old was just alike. There ought to be a difference, shouldn't there? All the people to the last man gathered about the house and they shouted to Lot and said to him, where are the men who come to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may be intimate with them. And said, bring those angels out here so that we can be intimate with them. There are some lines that you just don't cross. But if you keep on compromising with the devil, there are lines that people have crossed that they never thought that they would cross. So Lot went out to them. Now listen to what Lot was about to say. So Lot went out to them to the entrance shut the door behind him and said, I beg you, my friends. What does it say in your Bible? Does it say brethren? What does it say? My friend. What does it say in your Bible? Brethren. Brethren. All right. Do not commit such a wrong. Look, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Let me bring them out to you and you may do to them as you please. Lord have mercy. Is that, a, is that a noble thing? That these men want to, want to have sex with the men, with the angels that have come over to Lot's house, but yet Lot tells them, he says, look, I have two daughters that are virgins. Let me bring them out. Are you crazy? Let me bring them out to you, and you can do whatever you want to do with them. What's wrong with Lot? Huh? It sounds like he's been influenced by his environment. Some people, you listen at the stuff they say, you have to shake your head. You a Christian, you what? Huh? And you talking like that, you, and you're not only talking like that, he meant that. Let me bring my daughters out, no indeed. But do not do anything to these men since they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, stand back. <laughs> the fellow, they said, came here as an alien and already he asked as the ruler. They're talking about Lot. They say, you came here as a stranger. Now you won't act like you're a ruler. Now, we will deal worse with you than with them. And they pressed hard against the person of Lot. They were trying to push Lot out of the way and move forward to break the door. But the men stretched out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And the people who were at the entrance of the house Young and old, they struck with blinding light so that they were helpless to find the entrance. Then what happened? Verse 12. Then the men said to Lot, 
whom else have you here? Sons-in-law, your sons and daughters, or anyone else that you have in the city. Bring them out of the place. We not only have to make sure that we rescue, but we can't leave our family behind. We have to make sure that they're right because God's going to judge this world. We have to make sure that they're ready to go to meet him and not to be left behind and be destroyed with everybody else. Because if they're not under the blood, if they're not right with the Lord, guess what? They're going to be in the same judgment that everybody else is going to be in. Verse 13, for we are about to destroy this place because the outcry against uh, against them before the Lord has become so great that the Lord has sent us to destroy it. <coughs> so Lot went out and spoke to his son-in-law and had and who had married his daughters and said, up, get out of this place for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But it, he seemed to his sons-in-law as one who just, they thought he was joking. Huh? And people hear about the judgment of God sometimes, they think, he, they think we joking. They say, yeah, yeah, they've been saying that. They've been saying that for a long time, talking about Jesus coming back, Jesus about to destroy the world. It says, as dawn broke, the angels urged Lot, saying, up, take your wife and your two remaining daughters, lest you be swept away because of the iniquity of the city. Still he delayed, so the men seized his hand. He was, he was messing around. He was procrastinating. So they grabbed his hand and the hands of his wife and his two daughters in the Lord's mercy on him and brought him out and left him outside the city. When they, brought, when they, had, brought, when they had brought them outside, one said, flee for your life. Do not look behind you, nor stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the hills, lest you be what? Swept away. But Lot said to them, Oh no, my Lord, you have been so gracious to your servant, and you ha and have already shown me so, so much kindness in order to save my life. But I cannot flee to the hills. Why, Lot? Why you can't flee? Huh? You have some kind of interest left in Sodom? You have something that you have back then? <laughs> huh? Some people can't get all the way out of the world because they all they have something that they left back that they're still interested in. Lest the disaster overtake me and I die. Look that the town there is near enough to flee to. Just let me stay close to it, even though you're about to destroy it. It is such a little place. Let me flee there. It is such a little place. And let my life be saved. He replied very well. I will grant you this favor, too, and I will not annihilate the town of which you have spoken. Verse 22. Hurry, flee there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Hence, the town came to be called Zoar. As the sun rose upon the earth and Lot entered Zoar, the Lord rained upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Sulfurous fire from the Lord out of heaven. He annihilated those cities and the entire plain and all the inhabitants of the city and the vegetation of the ground, Lot's wife did what? She looked back. What, what did the angel tell him? Don't look back. Jesus said this. He said, remember Lot's wife. We'll talk about that a little bit next time. And she thereupon turned into a pillar of salt. Next morning, Abraham hurried to the place where he had stood before the Lord and looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah 
and all the land of the plain, he saw the smoke of the land rising like smoke from a, of a kiln. Thus it was that when God destroyed the cities of the plain and annihilated the cities where Lot dwelt, God was mindful of who? Abraham. And removed Lot from the midst of the upheaval. 